Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. And the 34th Psalm says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. We have done just that today, lifted up the only saving name under heaven, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's just nobody like him, no one that can compare to him, no one that can take his place. The prophet said in Jeremiah 10 and 10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, and he's an everlasting king. Thankful to know who he is today. Can somebody say amen? amen. And it is a privilege to be back at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We give honor to your fine pastor and his family. How many love your pastor? Anybody thankful? Getting to be around them is just first class all the way. I appreciate their hospitality and their kindness. And so thankful that my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are worshiping with us today. Traveled down from Ohio, spent a little time with the family. Our son, Shiloh, is going to be turning two years old on Tuesday. So if the terrible twos come early, you just you have, a little, you have a little sense of understanding. I love my son, love my precious wife so very much. Appreciate her dedication to the ministry. If you have your Bibles, we're going to open and we're going to read from the book of St. John, the 12th chapter. And we're going to just read one verse of scripture, verse number 32. St. John chapter 12 and verse number 32. There's already such a powerful presence of the Lord that's here today. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that spirit is moving today, so there's liberty to be blessed, liberty to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. So whatever you need from God, this can be your moment. This can be your service. St. John chapter 12, verse number 32 the words of Jesus, and he says this, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us on this subject, the people's prolific promise the people's prolific promise let's lift our hands let's pray let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts father in the name of Jesus we are thankful for every life 
for every individual that is here today. But Lord, we are praying that you would anoint your word. Let it go and accomplish that which it was sent to do. We plead the blood that you shed on the cross of Calvary so that we might be saved. We give you praise and thanks in advance for what you are going to do in our midst. And we pray in the name that's above every other name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. When the words of Elizabeth Taylor to her seventh husband, I won't hold you long today. So you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Well, we live in a world that is dark and perhaps getting darker by the moment. There has never quite been a day like the one you and I are living in right now. Hatred and hostility can be seen even when you are not looking. Seems like there is an utter disregard for integrity, for honesty, and for purity. It seems like lies are told and promises are broken nearly every single day. And there is something about broken promises. A broken promise can rip a family apart. A broken promise can shatter a marriage. A broken promise can separate the closest of friends. Just one broken promise. But yet for all the bad and for all the ugly that's in the world today, we find the exact opposite when we open and flip through the pages of our Bible. It seems hard to really grasp at times what God is trying to speak to us because we are forced to live in a society that is twisted. We are forced to live among those that do not share the same code of conduct that we find in these holy pages of our Bible. Not long ago, we were preaching at a particular church, and that church had just gone through a terrible weather, and flooding had damaged so many homes. And so I talked to the pastor afterwards, and after the service, I said, was there any body that really suffered a lot of damage was the church uh, any kind of trouble he said no for the most part most of the people were protected and the church didn't have any kind of damage but unfortunately our home did we had about two feet of water throughout our home and so he said I went to make the claim on the insurance and I said, well, was everything fine and in order? He said, oh, yes, I made sure that I had purchased insurance and even made sure I'd purchased flood insurance. And so he said, I talked to the representative and told them that I need to make a claim. And so they asked for my information and all the details. And finally, the other end of the line told me, well, we're having a problem trying to get this claim filed. What, what seems to be the mistake? Is there anything I can do? They said, well, I, I really don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but the representative told him, they said, your insurance does not cover this. So said, oh, I, that can't be right. I know that I dotted the I's, and I, I know I crossed the T's. I even know for a fact, I'm looking at the policy, I have flood insurance. 
And they said, oh, well, I know, but your flood insurance does not cover floods. Come on, somebody. Your flood insurance does not cover floods. Well, what does it cover? Well, if the water would start on the inside of the house and go out, then you would be covered. But if the water was on the outside coming in, then you are not covered. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there are those that look for loopholes, those for look for a way to get out of their promise, to not have to stand by the word. But I'm so thankful to know when we start coming into the house of the Lord and raising our hands and worshiping Jesus, he is one that will not lie. Matter of fact, Numbers 23 and 19 tells us that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? When it comes to God, he has the most excellent ethics. When it comes to God, he has the most supreme standards. When it comes to God, he has a magnificent memory. And if he ever spoke it, if he ever said it, if he ever declared it, it may take a little while to come, but it will come to pass. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. It was in Luke, the second chapter, that we find a man in the temple named Simeon. Simeon was a priest carrying out the responsibilities and duties of the office. And while he was performing what needed to be done, God began to speak to this man. And in this moment, the Lord began to tell him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. He would not leave from this earth until he had laid his eyes on the Messiah. So this man, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a word spoken into your life, but the moment it happens, you are ready. Come on and bring it. Let's go to the forefront. Let's, let, let's see it come to pass. I can see the excitement. I can see the zeal and the energy and the passion. I know I'm going to sing. Oh, what a moment that's going to be. The Savior's going to come, and I'm going to be able to see him with my own eyes. But the days began to pass, and yet he never came. And the days turned to weeks, and the weeks turned to months, and the months turned to years, and the years turned to decades, and still he had not seen the Redeemer, that Christ. And I would imagine, I can only envision, that as he was dedicating children to the Lord, as he was doing everything that needed to be done, if there were ever moments, if there were ever times when he knelt down to pray, times when he sat in his chair at home and thought to himself, I wonder if I really heard from God. Maybe it was just my own mind. Maybe it was just my own heart. Maybe it was just my own passion. Maybe I just kind of misunderstood. Maybe I didn't quite get the interpretation right. But yet, no matter what he thought, the Bible says he kept doing what was right. And it's in those moments when you don't hear the voice of God. It's in those moments when the promises don't come to pass just yet. You got to keep doing what's right. You got to keep praying. Got to keep worshiping. Got to keep being faithful. Keep witnessing. Keep living for the Lord. 
Because in time, it will pay off after a while. Because when we find him in the second chapter at the Gospel of St. Luke, we find him in the service of the Lord. We find him in the tabernacle. But on this particular day, there was a young couple that came in by the name of Mary and Joseph. And Mary and Joseph had a son, and they brought him to Simeon and laid him in this priest's arms. And when Simeon held this child, he looked down, and when he looked down, something began to happen. Something began to trigger in his heart. Something began to roll over in his spirit. He looked at this child, he looked at this little boy, and he said, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This is going to be the light that will lighten the Gentiles. He won't just be for the Jewish lineage. He won't just be for the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this is going to be the child that's going to bring salvation to the entire world. This is going to be the one. Over and over again, time would not allow us to tell of every story, of every testimony, of every situation when God showed himself strong. He even promised Abraham a child. And in Genesis 18 of 14, when Abraham was nearly 100 years old, God gave that promise. And when his wife Sarah was knocking on 90 years old, I don't know if there's anybody knocking on 90 today. Don't raise your hand. But there was in that moment, God said, get ready. Check yourself into the hospital. You're going to have a little baby. Sarah said, oh, no, honey. No, no, no. But Genesis 18, 14 said, is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too difficult, no situation too complicated, no prayer too extreme that he cannot answer. His hand is not shortened that it cannot save. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. He showed himself throughout the pages of our Bible. He was Adam's redeemer. He was Abel's vindicator. He was Abraham's sacrifice. He was Noah's ark. He was Jacob's star. He was Joseph's dream. He was Gideon's captain. He was Samson's strength. He was Joshua's champion. He was Deborah's authority. He was Esther's integrity. He was David's music. He was Simon's. Solomon's wisdom, he was Micah's mercy, he was Malachi's messenger, he was Elijah's fire, he was Isaiah's prince, he was Jeremiah's balm, he was Ezekiel's will. But all that led to him to be the savior of the world. That's the reason why he came. That's the reason why he descended was so heavy that he left the hallelujahs of heaven. It was so crucial that he left the celestial choir singing up above. It was so paramount that he left the perfect paradise to come down to a world of sin, come down to a world of poverty, come down to a world of sickness. And what did he do when he came? When he came, he was announced by the angels. 
He was born in Bethlehem. He was seen by the shepherds. He was worshipped by the wise men. He was hated by Herod. He was rejected by the religious. He was persecuted by the politicians. He was slandered by the scribes. He was mocked by the mobs. He was misunderstood by the masses. He was forsaken by his friends. He was cuffed like a criminal. He was crucified on Calvary. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But that did not deter him. That did not distract him. That did not disillusion him. There was a promise that had to be kept. There was a promise that had been made. And he was going to hold up his end of the bargain. There was a promise. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And when he said it, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be betrayed in the garden. But a promise is a promise. He knew he was going to be smacked on his mouth but a promise is a promise he knew he was going to be cussed to his face he knew he was going to be pierced in his side he knew he would have a crown of thorns plated on his head he knew he was have nails driven through his hands he knew he would be given vinegar to drink he knew he would be shamed in public he knew he would be hung up between two thieves But there was a promise that was going to be for all people. It was a promise that was prolific. A promise that was coming even when it looked like it was ending. A promise that was coming even when it looked like it was ending. Because while he was there, suspended between heaven and earth, and the tears were dripping down his mother's face, and the disciples were being scattered, and the message was beginning to fade, and the movement was beginning to vanish, there Jesus, as he hung, suffering, barely able to breathe, he hung his head and died and said, It is finished. But I wonder if there was a reason why he was looking down. I wonder if it maybe was because his body was weary. Maybe his life was leaving. But maybe, just maybe, he was looking down at the one that had power over death. If he was looking down at the portals of hell. If he was looking at the one that had deceived the nations and said, it is finished. I'm coming now for all people. The jails are going to be opened up in hell and those that have been trapped, those that have been in bondage, those that have been suffering, those that have been worrying, this promise is going to meet them where they are. I just have to wonder this morning as we gather in this sanctuary and as we contemplate how many other churches are filled and how many other nations are worshiping God just like us. I just have to wonder when you began to look at every culture, at every color, and every creed that is worshiping the name of Jesus Christ. What's it going to be like when we get on the other side of glory? What's it going to be like when we finally walk 
walk down the street of gold and we see gates of pearl and walls of jasper. I wonder what it's going to be like when people from all over the world gather together. And brother, they're going to say the same thing. We overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I wonder how many are going to be so overwhelmed with gratitude that all they can say is thank you. I wonder how many of us are not going to have the adjectives to properly describe what we are feeling, but we just fall down on our knees and say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for never leaving my side. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for caring for me when nobody else cared. Thank you for believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. Thank you for throwing me the lifeline. Thank you for not casting me away. Thank you for not turning me aside. I wonder what heaven is going to sound like. I got a feeling if today, if we could just put ourselves what it might be like in that place called glory. If I was Chinese, I would say, oh dear. If I was Danish, I'd say, mangatat. If I was Italian, I'd say, grazia. If I was Hebrew, I'd say, totaraba. If I was Greek, I would say, eucharisto. If I was Japanese, I'd say, domo origato. If I was Portuguese, I'd say, obligado. If I was Spanish, I'd say muchas gracias. If I was French, I'd say merci beaucoup. If I was German, I'd say danke schön. If I was Russian, I'd say spasiba. If I was Kenyan, I'd say asanta. If I was Ghanaian, I'd say madasi mapi. If I was Zulu, I'd say India bonka. If I was Sutu, I would say Kali boha. If I was deaf, I would go. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that the promise came to me. I'm so thankful that he reached down to where I was at. I'm so thankful he loved me in my sin, loved me in my struggle, loved me in my mess. Hallelujah. It's a promise that is prolific because it's to everybody. It's to whosoever will, they can have that same promise of eternal life. Oh, I won't be too much longer, but I remember uh, doing a Bible study with a young lady named Heather. And uh, in this Bible study, I shared with her about the new birth and about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And she said, well, I believe in God, but I'm just not sure about speaking in tongues. It sounds kind of strange to me. I said, well, it's the best gift that you will ever receive. And even when you speak in tongues, don't get hung up on that. It's the greatest feeling that you have ever felt in the entire world. You can't find it in a drug, can't find it in a pill, can't find it in a bottle, can't find it in money, can't find it in a house or a car, a stadium, arena. You can't describe what the Holy Ghost feels like when you receive it. And she said, well, I'm just not sure about it. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you do something for me? Do me a favor. Whenever you pray, ask God that if he wants you to have the Holy Ghost, he will let you know. She said, okay, I'll do that. That's kind of a little secret because if somebody gets to praying, God, do you want me to have the Holy Ghost? I already know what the answer is going to be. It's kind of a shortcut. We're going to get there just a little bit faster. I know what he's going to tell you. 
And so I kind of left that Bible study alone. And so I was uh, preaching a youth service on a Saturday night. Service had ended, and I was coming back home. And as I was on my way home, Heather called me. We're talking on the phone. She said, you know, I remember that Bible study that you had given me. And I started praying. I did what you told me to do. I started praying. And you know what? I think God wants me to have the Holy Ghost. I think I might want the Holy Ghost. I said, well, that's awesome. Tomorrow Sunday is church. It'll be game time. You can come in. The worship team's going to lead us in worship. The Holy Ghost's going to fall. She said, I know. What do you mean? No. She said, if the Holy Ghost is everything you told me, I can't wait till tomorrow. I can't wait till Sunday. I got to have the Holy Ghost, and I got to have it right now. Got to have it right now. I said, well, I don't want to go to your house by myself this late. Let me call a couple people. We'll come over, and we'll pray with you. So went over to Heather's house, went downstairs, and Heather was there, and buddy, she was wide open. She was ready, but she had a friend with her. Her friend's name was Sarah, and Sarah was the opposite of wide open and ready. She had her arms folded, and I could tell what she was thinking. Sometimes you don't need the gift of discernment. She was thinking, hot rod, you better not lay your hand on my forehead. We're going to have a fight on our hands. I knew what she was thinking. She said, hometown, I'm not willing to pray. You go on and pray with your friend over there. So we were getting ready to pray. I said, well, uh, Sarah, don't worry. God doesn't force himself on anybody. He's a gentleman. If you don't want him, he won't make you take him. Uh, And so we just, whenever you're ready, that's between you and him. And so we're praying with Heather, and we're repenting, we're worshiping God, and we're magnifying the name of Jesus, and uh, we're reaching that moment. Uh, You've most likely been there before. It's that moment when somebody's getting ready to stop praying. You could tell they're just about done. But right before that, I kind of stopped her. I said, now, Heather, before we stop praying, let me just give you a couple uh, tips that I've learned in prayer that will always help. One thing that can really help is just raising your hands. There's nothing really magical about raising your hands. It's just a sign of surrenderance. It means, God, I am surrendered, and I am willing to do whatever you want me to. The next thing that you can do is you could close your eyes. There's nothing real mystical about closing your eyes either. It just gets rid of every distraction. You get rid of what anybody else is thinking and what anybody else is looking at. And the third thing that I've learned is you've got to raise the volume of your voice. You can think it in your mind. You can meditate, and God honors all of that. But there is something about praying out loud. The Bible says the enemy is the prince and the power over the air. And when you start praying out loud, you are taking dominion and authority over the devil. So, buddy, we start praying again. 
and you reached that moment that Heather wanted it. You could tell the Spirit of God began to fall and tears began to run down her face. That's it, Heather. That's the love of God that you're feeling. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. And there in that moment, we're magnifying God. Her hands are starting to shake and boom, the Spirit of God came on her. She starts speaking in other tongues. She got filled with the Holy Ghost right there in the downstairs of the house. By now, we are crying. We are so excited and thrilled. And I look over and Sarah's just watching us. I kind of see her out of the corner of my eye. She said, you know, I got a question. I said, well, sir, what is it? She said, well, I don't know if I should ask you or not. I said, no, that's okay. There's no silly question. She said, I don't know if I should. I said, you better ask the question. You got me mad now. What's the question? She said, you think God would give me the Holy Ghost if I really want? I said, come on, Sarah. Why don't you raise your hands? Why don't you close your eyes? Why don't you start praying? I'm going to tell you what happened. The love of God will come on you. The power of the Holy Ghost will come on you. And the same thing that happened to Heather is the same thing that happened to Sarah. The love of God started to come down. Tears began to stream down her face. And boom, she starts speaking in tongues. She got filled with the Holy Ghost there in the same spot. By now, we've left prayer meeting. We went to full-blown church. We're on the verge of camp meeting style. It's just getting out of control. And it's almost midnight, and we are having a time downstairs. About that time, Heather's grandma started coming down the stairs. The music's getting ready to come. I'm getting ready to close. But her grandma started coming down. She got about halfway down the steps, and she looked at me, and she said, I know what's going on here. Before Heather could say anything, I jumped up. I said, now, Grandma, we've done anything wrong. I'll take full responsibility. If we were too loud, if we've done anything you don't appreciate, you just forgive us. And I knew she meant business. The longer I live down south, it makes clear sense. She put her hand on her hip. When old Grandma puts her hand on her hip, it's time to look up, brother. She put her hand on her hip, took her other finger, pointed at me. She said, you better not lie to me. I thought, oh, God, we're going to get in a fight with Grandma and the downstairs of this house. What's going to happen? She said, you tell me the truth. I said, all right, Grandma, what is it? She said, you think God would give me the Holy Ghost if I... I said, come on, Grandma, why don't you raise your hands? Why don't you close... Hey, when it starts flowing, it hit anybody that wants it. The promise is for the young and for the old. The promise is for the strong and for the weak. If you want it, you can have it. You want the Holy Ghost, you can leave here changed. You can leave here delivered. You need a refreshing. You need a healing. You need deliverance. There's a promise for us. 
There's a promise. Isaiah 53 and 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He suffered to relieve suffering. He has come to heal. He has come to deliver, but he has come to save. If you need to repent of your sins, this is a day you can repent of your sins. If you need to be baptized and wash your sins away, this is the day you can be baptized. If you want the Holy Ghost, this is a day you can have the Holy Ghost. Oh, can we stand all across the house? Can we stand together? As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, as the music begins to play. Friend of mine, God is interested in you. Make no mistake about it. He died for you. It's more than a fairy tale. It's more than a Hollywood production. It's more than a Disney movie. He really shed his blood. He really lived in agony. He really sacrificed his life so that a promise could be extended to you. Oh, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm praying for every young person, for every adult, for every senior, for every child. I'm asking right now for the drawing power of the Holy Ghost to begin to flow. God, I'm asking right now there would be such a drawing of the Spirit of God. We would have to come to an altar. We would have to find a place to pray. God, I come against every distraction, every lie, every generational curse. I stand against the attacks of the enemy and the onslaught of the adversary and we loose the power of the Spirit of God. Is there somebody today you'd like to join me at an altar? Why don't you step out of where you're This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.